I'll read a verse from the 16th Psalm. The last verse of the 16th Psalm is verse 11. That's the verse that I've chosen today for the text that I will preach from. What a blessing to know the shepherd of the Psalm. What a blessing to know the author and the finisher of our faith. What a blessing to know the same God that we just heard beautifully sang about today, our great God. There is no God like unto our God. There is no God like Jehovah. What a, what a beautiful presence of the Lord that's here today. I'm thankful. I don't ever want to take for granted. I don't ever want to take for granted the presence of God. His majesty. Have you ever considered how great our God truly is? The one that spoke this world into existence. The one that caused. How many of you have seen that beautiful moon in the last week or so? How many of you have seen the stars? Or you watched the sun come up? Or you watched the sun go? That doesn't just happen. That happens because of who He is. He is the same God that did all of that. And yet He's in this house today with us that have gathered in the sanctuary. And He's here to do for you. If He can cause the sun to come up and to go down at the appointed time. We can change our clocks as much as we want to, but that won't keep the sun from coming up or going down. It will happen because He will see to it that it does. And I want you to know, whatever changes in your life, there is one thing that will never change, and that is our great God. I think we've got time to go ahead and just give Him a little more praise. When it comes up in the morning, till it goes down in the evening, the name of the Lord is to be prayed. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for He is good. Tell your neighbor, God's good. Yeah, say it with a little attitude. God's good. Thou will show me the path of life. The psalmist here declares to the Lord, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In Thy presence, in Thy presence is fullness of joy. At Thy right hand. Somebody say at Thy right hand. At His right hand. There are pleasures forevermore. At His right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. There is an endless, abundant supply of everything you could ever want or need at the hand, at the right hand, at the power. The power of God, it makes possible where things seem impossible. I, I want to just preach for a little while today. At his right hand. And at his right hand. Somebody needs to go ahead and put both your hands together. And go ahead and give praise to a God. That at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. There is an abundant, endless supply. It's not running out. God doesn't just give it to me. And then say, oh I'm sorry. We don't have any more for you. But front to back, side to side. There is an abundant, overflowing supply of pleasures forever.
forevermore. You may be seated, praising the Lord. As he begins, I have shared with you the conclusion of the passage. As the passage begins, the writer in the 16th Psalm says, Preserve me, O God. Save me, O God. Keep me, O God. Protect me. Oh, is there anybody in the world that we live in that when you look around, when you begin to read reports, when you begin to see things and hear things and the banter continues to get worse and not better and the press continues to share that things aren't getting better, that there's earthquakes in diverse places and there's wars and there's rumors of wars, that something in your spirit begins to cry out. Save me, oh God. Preserve me, oh God. Protect me, oh God. Is there anybody here that understands the way it comes is through trust in Him? Oh, somebody today needs to understand there is no hope outside of Him. There is no help outside of Him. Salvation comes from the Lord. Healing comes from the Lord. Preservation and protection comes from one. And that's Him. Preserve me, O God. I put my trust in Thee. I came to preach on this Sunday. Put your trust in Him. Some trust in horses. Others trust in chariots. But I have made up my mind. And I've seen enough to know enough that I better not put my trust in horses or chariots or both of them running together. I better put my trust in the only thing that can save me. In the only thing that can keep me. In the only thing that can protect me. I want to tell somebody today this is the day that you better decide my trust is in thee. I still trust you God. I've seen the righteous man. Suffer in pain. When it looked like. The wicked would go free. I still. Trust you. I still. Trust you. My portion. The psalmist here as he continues to put pen to paper talks about his portion, his cup, my future, all that I can expect. Everything, everything comes from the Lord. I have an inheritance. I have a If I had hope in this life only, I'd be of all men most miserable. My hope is not in this world. I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. I'm a pilgrim and a stranger passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angel beckons me from heaven. I don't know how you feel about it. I just can't feel at home in this world anymore. This world is not my home. I'm just a pastor. Somebody needs to make up your mind. My portion, my cup, it comes. As I was praying about this, what I was going to preach, I started thinking back to when I was a kid. I was younger than I was younger than you. I might have been about the age of those sweet girls that are over there. And I, I can remember back in the day, Sister Sheila, my mama used to be the one that sat up on the organ and she would 
play that organ and she would lead us and she would say things like, Here's my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Here's my cup, fill it up and make me whole. And I used to think as a little boy, that's a cute little song. I could just see myself walking up saying, here, Jesus, give me some Kool-Aid. And then I realized as I got a little bit older that there was something about it that I couldn't just make it on cookies and Kool-Aid that my Sunday school teacher would give me on Sunday. But when I got into the presence of God Almighty, I understood that my soul is parched. Oh, thirst and see. Oh, thirst and see. I want somebody to know, spring up, oh, there is a well. That is springing up. He's got enough to put in your cup. He's got enough to help you. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Feed me till I want no more. I've had some and it didn't settle. I've gone here and there and everywhere. And I've found that my cup becomes empty and my my appetite is still there but there is no place there's no place there's no place I'd rather be than in the presence of God and say here here's my cup let me drink from the fountain that if I drink from this fountain I'll never thirst does anybody hear I'm preaching about a thirst quenching fountain somebody ought to say my cup my portion my help comes from the Lord My portion, my cup, my future, my well-being, my hope is not affected by circumstance. Your life circumstance does not have the ability to dictate the ability of God. Pastor, you don't know how bad it is. I know how good he is. I said, I know how good he is. Here's my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. You ought to scream it. Come and quench. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven. Preach to me, Pastor. Tell me that the word will save me. Tell me that the word will heal me. Tell me I am. I am. Because he is. And he will. Somebody say, God is with me. That's what the psalmist said. He said, God is with me. God is with me. He is with me. And He is my right hand. Now how many of you know that when the psalmist said, He is with me, He is my right hand, that He wasn't just taking a part of the body and saying, You want to see Jesus? There he is. That wasn't what he was talking about. Brother Casey, he wasn't saying, he's not in my toes, he's not in my toes, he's in my, you want to see Jesus? There he is. That ain't what he was talking about. Right hand has always been the symbol of a person's power. 
power. And I look. I look at that. I've looked at that before. And I thought, if that's my power, we got problems. Because I've seen and heard some of your problems. And I know some of mine. And there ain't enough power in this little fist that I have clenched to handle even my problems, let alone your problems. I want somebody to understand that when I say he is with me, that when I say his power, his my power is because of who he, it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with who he is. And I want somebody to know if you think you can handle it like this, you are sadly mistaken. You better hit your knees and say, I got to have you with me in order to do what I need to do to be seen through. You want to know why my, my power ain't in this right hand? My power is in Him. My power is in Him. His presence. I better keep Him with me all the time. I better keep him with me everywhere I go. I better keep him with me so I don't go some places that I shouldn't go. I better keep him with me so that I don't watch some things that I shouldn't watch. I better keep him with me. You say, oh no, I'm strong enough to handle it. That's a lie from the pit of hell. There are some things that you can't handle in your flesh. You better have God with you. That's why I said, you better get the Holy Ghost. If you want the help that you need, you gotta have Christ in you. It's the hope of glory. The only hope of glory. You ain't getting glory without God. Christ in you. Look at your neighbor and say, get God. Somebody tell him, and then it's tough. It ain't even easy. Nobody ever said it was going to be. How many of you know what the Bible, that life is short and full of trouble. Anybody know that? But God, but God, God is with me. That's why. That's why I have the power to overcome. That's why I have the power to overcome circumstance, overcome addiction, conquer fear, trump in on anxiety. Yeah, I'll preach a little while there. You can conquer fear, not by yourself. You can conquer anxiety, not by yourself. When I was a little kid, I used to be scared to death when I was a little kid. And you know what? I just felt like if there would be any way, if there would be any way that I could just slip in and just lay down at the feet where my daddy was. And if I could, if I could just get to sleep knowing that my daddy was right there, that I could sleep all right. If not, I would be up endless hours of the night, fearful and afraid. I want somebody to know it's not the will of God for you to be up endless hours of the night, fearful and afraid. What you need to do, do is you need to just go to the feet of your daddy and say, Jesus, I gotta have you. Somebody needs to hear what I'm preaching to you on this side. It's time for you to get God. If you want to be powerful and conquer fear and doubt and anxiety, go get God. That's that's what's at my right hand. Not this puny little 
fist that I got pumped in the air. It's the power of God that I got surging through this body. Somebody say, get God. Yeah, that's good. All right, that's good. Anybody ever felt like that your trip, your journey in life took a turn? Anybody ever just, you were going on, going along, sailing on smooth seas, and then out of nowhere, the storm. I mean, it's like out of nowhere, raging seas. Some of you have sailed some seas before, but it seems the turbulent times cause there to be distress, difficulty. I just want to tell somebody what the, what the psalmist said. I'm trying to help somebody today. I want to help somebody today. He won't leave you in hell. Somebody needs to hear what the Spirit's saying. He won't leave you in hell. I'm not going to tell you that you don't have to go through it. Because I'd be lying. And you know where liars go? I'm not going to tell you that you don't have to go through hell. Because there's a lot of you that are going through hell right now. I'm going to tell you, you don't have to stay there. Because if you decided to make your bed in hell, he can get you up out of it. He said, if you make your bed in hell, it doesn't matter where you go. God can get there. He wants to get there. He's coming there. He's going to take you through it. Don't stay there. Hear what I'm saying. Don't stay there. Don't make hell. I'm not going to tell you hell's never a destination because some of you are going through it right now. But it's not your final destination. It's not your final destination. It's not your address. If somebody wants to send you a card, don't give them one. H-E-double-L lane, if you hear what I'm saying today. You may go through, but you ain't going to stay. Hell would like to keep you. You know, we talk about at First Church, you already heard me say it today, that we believe if we can make a connection, and you'll continue, we'll have something to celebrate. Guess what? I'm, I'm going to say this, and it may it may get you know misunderstood, but hell and first church are alike in that they believe hell believes if it can make a connection and you'll continue, they'll have something to celebrate. Just like we believe if we can make a connection and you'll continue and you'll get God and you'll let God make you who He wants you to be, we're going to celebrate that. Well, hell wants you to feel that connection and then they want to keep you there long enough till they say, well, they belong to... I want to remind somebody, you say, Pastor... You just don't understand. I've been there for so long. I feel like that's where I am. I feel like it could be my final destination. I want to tell you something that the word says. That the gates of hell shall not prevail again. I want to tell some of you. You feel like your loved ones have been in hell so long that they're never coming out. I want to tell you. I want to prophesy that they're not going to 
stay because we won't settle for people to stay in hell. We will go with God and the right hand, His power will take us there and the gates of hell shall not prevail. It's about time you get so worked up that you say, my loved ones ain't staying there. There's places I don't care to visit. There's places I've been that I don't care if I ever go back. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Hell may be where you feel like you are, but you need to understand it's not where you need to stay. That God, hear what I'm preaching to you right now, that God will get you out of hell. God will. Some people get there on their own and find out they can't get out the same way they got there. Somebody hear what I'm preaching right now. I'm wanting to help somebody right now. I want you to hear what I'm telling you right now. There are good people that are in hell right now. What do you you mean there's good people? I'm talking about people that never intended to go there. And they have found out That they got there on their own, but they can't get out the same way. That they've got to have help to get out of hell. I want to tell what First Church needs to be. We need to be a people that says, we aren't going to talk about them being in hell. We're going to go get them out of there. We're going to make up our mind that we do have the power. Oh, somebody hear what the Word of God is preaching to you today. That it's time that we be First Church strong and say we're going to go get them. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Hell can't have our families. Hell can't have our families. I'm going to say that again. Hell can't have our families. It has some of them right now. But it can't keep them. The only way it can keep them is if we let them stay. I think you just need to make up your mind today. We're not going to let them stay. Now I'm cautious to say this, but I want you to understand what I'm about to say. There are some places that if I have somebody that I like, somebody that's coming to town, you know what? I tell them, you don't need to stay there. You know why? Because the conditions aren't up to my expectation of what I believe the one that I love is worth. I want somebody to understand that there is at no time in our life that we ought to ever get comfortable with understanding that our loved ones are camping out in Hades. We need to make up in our mind that I am not satisfied and I will not be comfortable knowing they have chosen hell to make an abode. I'm going to do whatever I got to do to get God on my side so that I can get Go, get them out. Somebody said, get God. You get God, you can get them. If you don't have God, don't go messing around there. Same thing that happened to you that happened to them. Nobody started out saying, I can't wait till I get to hell. Nobody. 
Nobody in their right mind starts out backsliding saying, burn, baby, burn. Nobody. You're not hearing what I'm saying. You know why? We don't really believe. Some of us don't really believe there's a hell. There is heaven and they're just as sure as there is a place called heaven with gates of pearl and streets of gold and oh, I want to see them. There is a, a burning hell, an endless, bottomless pit, an eternal torment. Oh man, you were preaching so good, Pastor, and then you had to go there. I know, Brother Clyde, I'm trying hard. He won't leave you in hell. Because we won't let him. You may go through it. But you're not going to stay there. I want to tell somebody right now. Be encouraged. You may be going through it. But you're not staying. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. And then. Well I made it there. I get to where I guess I'm going to preach a little bit. It says. Thou wilt. Verse 11. Thou wilt. Show me the path of life. In thy presence. Fullness of joy. Finally, Pastor. At thy right hand. Not my right hand. At his right hand. And at his right hand. There are pleasures forevermore. The day of November the 5th, 2018 was an interesting day. It was a colder day, it was a rainy day, what I call a nasty day and I'll never forget making plans that night I planned to be at a place where a person of power would speak and we would hear this person of power speak and witness a wonderful time of hearing people that had influence and ability to do what I couldn't do and I would hear and applaud and say yes I want you to make this world a better place and yes I want you to get this world to be more God fearing and yes I'll. and so we planned to go and to be a part of this and when we started our trek that way we didn't say oh it's cold and it's rainy so I don't think I'm going to go we went when we got there, I don't think it was even much to my surprise. There were people that had been there since 6 o'clock in the morning on that horrible, nasty day. It didn't start, Sister McMillan, until 6 p.m. I think we got there about 4 o'clock in the afternoon and there were scores. When I say thousands, I don't think I'm misrepresenting the truth. There were thousands of people that were lined up to enter the building Now, the person of influence wasn't anywhere near the building at 6 o'clock in the morning, rest assured. That person that we would stand in long lines to hear, just to see, to get a glimpse, was nowhere to be found. But just to get access to the building that day was something that people thought, I'll get up at the wee hours of the morning and I'll drive long distances to get in line so that I can see this presence of power. And they did. And I did too. And just to throw her under the bus, my wife went with me. And we. I'll never forget, Zach. We got our umbrellas out and we walked. And I parked the car because I have to drive. And, and part of having to drive all the time means you 
drop people off and you walk a long way, but I'm willing to pay that price. And we did and, and just walked and walked and walked and I got it. I, everywhere I walked, I saw people. They were, they were coming from everywhere because, Brother Will, a person of power was going to be there. It was an hour and a half from here. I drove an hour and a half from here to Cape Girardeau, Missouri to the show me center because a person of power would be in the building and we would be awed by his presence. And so we got there. And, oh, do you know how cool it was to, you know how neat it is to know somebody? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just to know somebody? Zach, we knew somebody that day. We knew somebody that was much more closely connected to this person of power than we were. And because of that close connection, you might know the guy I'm talking about. He, it was so cool. It was like one of my favorite things, Sister McMillan. My, one of my preacher buddies, he had been there since the early morning hours. And he was up there in line. And, and this, this gentleman that, that had a closer connection with this person of power, he came and got me and my wife and your mom and your dad and took us right up to the front of the line, Sister McMillan. And you know how fun it was to just walk by those people and go, how y'all doing? How y'all doing? It's cold. It's rainy out here. We're going to go ahead and go on in. Well, that felt good. That felt good to know somebody with enough power that says, you don't have to wait in line all day. You don't have to wait anymore. We're going to get you in the building. And they did. And as soon as they did, I mean, I took off running toward the front and I got as close as I could to the stage because there was going to be, Brother Marty, a person of power in the building. He wasn't there yet. I found out he wasn't going to be there for a long time. We got there and I got as close to the front as I could. and They all came coming in and getting seats. I didn't want to sit down. I, I, stood, I stood as close as the barrier would allow me to get. I leaned over the barrier in case... Somebody might have pushed me back. So I was okay, all right. Because there were people that were already in place saying, you can't go any closer. There's a person of power that's going to be coming in. Got in the building. The event started. That person of power probably wasn't even on a plane. I'm just going to say he wasn't even on a plane at this point. He was probably still getting ready to get on a plane to come to where we were. But they had other people that were, you know, influential people. We got this. Anybody ever heard of a guy named Rush Limbaugh? Anybody ever heard of Rush Limbaugh? You know, some some of us older people. It's all right. Rush, you know, I mean, he was he was there and he talked a little bit. Just just let me just throw this in right now. I'm not making any type of political statement whatsoever today. Don't misunderstand what I'm talking to you about today. I'm talking to you about the fact that I wanted to see. I wanted to hear the President of the United States of America. Perhaps the most powerful person of influence in the world was going to be in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. So on a nasty cold day. Oh, when I came out I could have said, it's kind of cold, it's a little bit rainy, I don't I don't want to go drive an hour and a half to the... No, I wanted... It. He was, the president was going to be there. When I got there in the building, the president didn't come out. Rush Limbaugh did. And then Greenwood saying, and I'm proud to be an American. He didn't even sing it as good as our trio does. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was just... But it felt good, and I'm proud to be an American. I don't hold anything back on that. I'm not talking about a political party. I'm talking about being a United States citizen. I am proud to be an American. 
I was. Man, crowd. Other people came out. Jonathan, they, I, I could tell you their names, and you may or may not know them, you know. I mean, but they were supposedly, you know, I mean, Sean Hannity, and, and there was Josh Halley, and there was different people like that. And you say, I, I don't know those people. I don't care about them. They're people that have influence that, that speak to thousands, perhaps even more. That's, that's not who I was there to see. I, 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 wanted, I, I appreciated that. I, you know, no offense. I, 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 like the, I like the praise team, and, and they're good, and they, they, they worship, and that's good. I even like the preacher, and man, when pastor preaches, and he gets, whoa, he gets all fired up. He, he, that's almost as cool as Rush Limbaugh coming out here. But that, I don't know how you feel when I come on Sunday. I, I don't care if the pastor's there or if he's not there. Or they don't sing my favorites. I'm not here to hear what they, I want to know is the one that has all the power going to show up in the building because if he doesn't show up, then that's not right. That's not, I'm not here to see something. I want to know. I want to know if all of this, I want to know if all of this is worth it. I might throw my glasses if I get mad at him. I wasn't throwing anything there because I got pictures. There were people that if I even raised my arm, it was going behind my back, if you know what I'm saying. That's how close I was. Brother Will, I, I can show you pictures. I was looking over them when I was thinking about what I was preaching about. This, this guy would get up and kind of pose me. And I was as close. I was as close to him as about as about right here. Whoa! I didn't. It rained. It was cold. It was an hour and a half drive. I listened to people after people after people talk and talk and talk and sing and sing and sing and shout and shout and shout. But when it happened, ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States, and they began. The band begins to play. The whole room, there was a hush that came, there was a stir, there was some, there was a presence that was walking out, there was a powerful presence that was walking out onto that stage, and really, he didn't have to say a word for the all to be in the house. Why? Because the president of the United States of America was there, and buddy, you talk about cameras, I had mine out, I was doing whatever you gotta do to get me in the picture and know that I'm right. Sister McMillan, I want everybody to know I'm right here and the president's right there and if you want to see it I'll show it to you after church tonight I was there when the president of the United you know why you know why that I got up on a cold, nasty, rainy day and I said I, I'd, I, I wish that it wasn't cold and I wish that it wasn't rainy but I'm still going and I drove an hour and I parked a mile away and I walked with an umbrella and I did get a free pass. I did get a free pass up to the front but then I got to the front and I had to wait and I had to wait and I had to wait and I had to wait. But when it happened, I was like this 
is cool. Wow. Because there's something about it. It has no dealing whatsoever with the fact that one's a Republican or one's a Democrat. It had everything to do with the office of the President of the United States of America. And when I felt the awe of that presence, something came over me and I said, you know what? On a Sunday morning when I'm tired and the rain's coming down and it feels cold and I may have to wait and I may not get my favorite song sung and the pastor might not even be there but I was glad when they said unto me let's go to the house of the Lord I want to preach to somebody today in his presence is fullness of joy and at his right hand you're not hearing what I'm preaching right at his right hand the power of God can change any and every situation stand with me in his presence That night, that night was super cool. I'll never forget it. I didn't, I didn't get to talk one-on-one with the president. That was as close as I, I mean, that's pretty close to being, I mean, that's pretty close. The president was standing right there, man. I had people. I had my phone was blowing up. They're like, you're on TV. Because I was on my phone. You're on TV. And I'm looking in the cameras. I mean, you could see me and the president. The president of the United States of America. But Sister Michelle, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't say, oh, yeah, look at, look at that guy in the sport coat and the red check shirt right there. Have him come backstage. I want to talk to him about foreign policy and see what he thinks about how we could make America great again. I just want to. No, I didn't. I didn't get a. I didn't get a one-on-one conversation with him. He, matter of fact, I. I never. I, I never have talked in person with the president of the United States of America. I, I got close, but I thought. He doesn't, I didn't get a, I didn't get a text. I mean, my, my name's Donald too. And I, I, I didn't get a, I didn't get a text from Donald saying, Donald, I'm so glad you were here tonight. He, now some generated email said that they were glad that I was there, but I guarantee you, Mr. Trump didn't click that. I, I, I understand that, that he's the president of the United States and he's got so much more that he had to do and things that needed to be done that he couldn't even take the time to go on. I want somebody to understand that when you walk in this house, the king of all in his presence. Now, I want, you don't have to, you don't have to go through pastor. I don't have to bless you. You can say, I'm not standing here another second. I'm going down and I'm having a one-on-one with the great God of glory in his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, at God's power, hear what I'm preaching. God's power pleasures forevermore. The man I saw doesn't have the ability to do what I need him to. And if I'm being honest, 
There is no man who has the ability to do what we need him to. There is only one that in his presence is fullness of joy. I got a little, I'm not, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it. I got a little joy that night. There's no doubt. I had, I had a smile on my face when I was standing next to the guy that got me to go walk past all my friends and wave and got me front of the line. I'm like, I got a big picture. I'm smiling as big as Dallas. You can see me taking selfies. I don't even know how to take selfies. I was, I was feeling, I felt a little joy. But oh, how short-lived it was. Because he, Brother Will, he didn't keep COVID from wrecking our lives. You know why? Because he couldn't. He didn't solve the world's problems. You want to know why? Because he can't. He didn't, nor will he ever give me fullness of joy. And no one will. Except when I get in his presence. The Holy Ghost is in this house right now. The one that spoke this world into existence. He saturated this sanctuary. The presence and power of God. I don't know how long you waited. I really didn't even look how long I preached today. But I want to tell somebody. If you want pleasures forevermore. Don't stay in your seat. Walk down to the front of this. Get as close to him as you can. Come on. He'll have a one on one interview with you. And he'll say what can I do for you today. How can I help you how can I heal you how can I deliver you in his presence in his presence in his presence in his presence there's fullness of joy somebody that's going through hell don't stay there somebody that's going through hell don't stay there step into the presence of Jehovah Step into the presence of the King of all kings. Oh, what fellowship! Oh, what.